The antidote. The antidote. The antidote. The antidote. The antidote. The antidote. You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins.
I'm Dave Hawkins, and this is The Antidote. Our opening track, Naked, came from the Swedish duo, Adam and Alma. I'm joined tonight by a friend, Aaron Holbrell. Sorry, we've just been laughing about this for the last little while. Who's also the pastor of the parish here in Peterborough. Well, Aaron, thanks for joining in with The Antidote tonight. It's great to be here, Dave. Really looking forward to it. Are you really? Or are you just? I am actually. I, I want. I, I'm here. I'm hoping to go home with some new music. <laughs> so <laughs> you never know what you're going to find. That's right. We've been talking about doing this for quite a while. We have. But tonight's the night. It's all coming true. We've been talking about this for what, like a year? A long time. Isn't that bad? I know it's tough. We got somebody lined up for our next track, and I know this lady's a friend of yours. We're tight. <laughs> I'm a big fan. <laughs> okay, he's a big fan. She's also the oldest artist that we ever play on The Antidote. How old is she? She is 74 years old. She doesn't look a day over 71. She looks good. (laughs) She looks real good. But she's got a killer voice. How about if you set up our track? I've never done that before, but um, you're listening to Mavis Staples. I like the things about me. I like the things about me. I 
And that's the lady, Mavis Staples. Mm-mm-mm. So what grabs you about her? Oh, everything. I Just love everything. It. Yeah. First time I heard her, I was um, at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre in Toronto. Uh, and I was there to hear a, a speaker. And he had one of her songs playing. And I pulled out Shazam. I Shazammed it and said, I got to have it. This is fantastic. Because I knew she got to be 74, but sounded like she was 71. But she was with, <laughs> that was what, the Staples singers? Like her sisters or something from way back when? Yeah. Wasn't that? that I was the so, same yeah. band. Yeah, I know. It's pretty amazing that you can. She's worth like a Wikipedia search, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I did obviously I Wikipedia because I found out how old she was. I said, yeah, I you did good. Just, just Google it. Like how old Mavis Staples? And I there know. it is, seventy four. And you go, man, can't I believe know. I'm playing somebody. I can't that believe age. I'm listening to music that someone who's seventy four <laughs> is singing. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I know it is pretty impressive. Uh, she's almost as old as my dad. Wow. And that's, well, that's not that old. No. No. It's not, if you're listening, Dad. But now, neither of us are going to talk about how old we are. No. Because that's just, that's not allowed. Not allowed. Yeah. We just assume. That's right. Yeah. Now, I've got somebody else. Yeah, i got somebody else lined up here. This guy, I did a whole feature on him back a while ago. Um, Solo artist, does his own thing, often referred to as neo-soul, which is really an odd blend of stuff. But this is actually a remix So here we're going to go. We're going to go to Josh Garrels with a remix of White Owl.
Hey, this is Steve Taylor, and you're listening to The Antidote at 92.7 FM.
Steve Taylor, rabble rouser, hero, anarchist, heretic. Um, to some, yeah, he was. Yeah, he took me through puberty. He took you through puberty. He did totally good. Because Steve Taylor was a real radical because he did. He was a Christian who recorded music that really often just gave the church a slap. Yeah, he spanked him he real did. good in his yeah. words. That's what he'd say. <laughs> spanked yeah. him real good. <laughs> he, he did. He was awesome. I got to explain that song. And actually, there's a quote here from Steve Taylor because they didn't understand him. They didn't understand his music, which really created a lot of waves. Uh, but here he commented on this song. It's called, I Blew Up the Clinic Real Good. And he said, the end doesn't justify the means anytime. He says, what better example to use than a clinic bomber, except perhaps the nutcases that are now shooting abortionists. He says, Christian relativism, finest hour. So I'll take flack anytime for the right reasons, but this song was controversial for all the wrong ones. Because it was a satire. Oh. And people didn't understand that. no. Christian no. music at that point, this is because we're talking back in the 80s, and I mean, yeah. 80s, early, very early 90s, and everything had to be so obvious. It had to be all spelled out. You had to out. have 35 JPMs, Jesus per minutes. Exactly. Yeah, and the songs couldn't let the, the listener think. Or no. his stuff, you had to think, because it was satire. You had to stop and say, wait a minute, what is this about? That's right. And you couldn't even yeah. have like multiple syllable words because, I mean, that's just <laughs> no. way, too, way too complicated. Not allowed. Not allowed. Yeah. But he was he totally ahead of his time. He totally was. Ahead of his time. So we were talking about that because, of course, now he's also a director. Yeah. He's directed a couple films. He did one that was okay, Second Chance, and then he did uh, Blue Like Jazz. Which I thought was fantastic, but you didn't like. I thought it was okay. It was okay. But, yeah, it was the whole resolution of the whole movie. It's like, you know, it's here's, here's all the horrible stuff this guy goes through in his life and now he makes this sudden dramatic change in the last like so 10 it minutes. resolved too fast is that your problem yeah the resolution was too quick but at it's the end. jazz there is no resolution it That's, doesn't resolve yeah, well yeah how much jazz was actually in that movie not much actually they played a little bit at the trailer <laughs> a <laughs> little a little Maybe. tiny bit yeah but that radical guy is still around and yeah we were just talking that he might he's, yeah. there's some talk that he's still recording some music I hope so. And I hope he makes some more film. I hope yeah. he stops making other people's films and he makes his film. Right. He's got some great ideas. Yeah. I'm sure. He hasn't told me, but I know he's got good ideas. So now you got to realize tonight, everybody that's listening in, that we're doing a sort of a retro look at some old stuff back in the past. Here's somebody that you grew up with. I so, did. So it's Crumbacher. Crumbacher. Loved Crumbacher. And why? They were so unique back in the 80s when these guys put out their first album like it was this crazy eclectic mix you got to remember christian music at the time was you know pretty much the same across the board these guys came out with their tunes and they sounded incredibly different you know uh, i think the, the, they're from europe and they had this totally unique feel i remember when i was playing it no one believed it was christian because it just didn't sound like you know the traditional but it yeah blew my mind loved it great to dance to too this like this stuff's got some Get some oh, Christians don't dance, though. No, but we used to do roller skating. So if, if there's wheels involved, oh. it's okay. <laughs> so, but these guys were fantastic, yeah. Okay, everybody, put your roller skates on. Here we go. Crumbacher, glowing in the dark.
So roller skating. Those were the days. Absolutely. That song takes me back to 1994. I'm sitting in my 1978 Honda Civic. Yeah, yeah, listening to that on my cassette player. 70 Honda Civics, those were brutal. It was fantastic. (laughs) It was a fantastic car, yeah. So what other highlights came from that era? We were talking off air, we were talking about guys like Mylon the Fever and... The 80s were, it was a different day, like as uh, Christian music was just kind of coming of age, you know, it was, yeah. it was just when crossover bands were just starting, you know, and, and guys were just, you know, fighting tooth and nail to be heard. And people, Christian bands specifically, like Krumbacher, were kind of given permission to be different and still be accepted. And, you know, it wasn't just mainstream. Yeah, I loved it. It was a great day. But it was still pretty safe music. It was. I, I, it, um, you know, it had to be, right? Because the labels just controlled everything. But then guys like Mike Knott came out, you know, and started creating their own labels. And, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, they sang songs that, yeah, weren't as safe. And I loved it. That's right. That was the start of really... Lifesavers art- Underground. Lifesavers Underground. LSU. Start of an artistic era. Fantastic! I know that actually goes back to Steve Taylor again with Squint Entertainment. This is this is all music history. Too. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, because they had, uh, you know, guys like that. They had such a mixed bag of people on that label. There's like eight bands, and they were all completely different from each other. I think they actually had the Insiders, so they had a ska band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sixpence None the Richer. That's yeah. and I mean that was just a monster. probably the biggest success for. Oh, that was, that was huge. Interesting yeah. thing when I met with him is he did a symposium. He did a bit of a blurb on how the original song sounded. And once they went through all the production and re-recording of it, how much it improved the song. And it was really, this was for our artists to show what you can do with your music. And it was just dramatic change. Yeah. So pretty interesting. But Squint Records, yeah, they had some of these uh, little offshoot labels that sort of died. But something that's coming back now again is niche labels. They're labels that specifically aim at a very, very minute, small part of the whole music scene. You know, we've played listeners to the, to the antidote realize we've played labels like uh, Face Down, which is just strictly hardcore, hardcore metal for Christians. You know, there's even one that's just a Scandinavian label that just does Christian power metal. And it's like, man, what a weird, weird, fine Niche, definition. Yeah. yeah. But I think maybe that's how labels are going to have to start going. Well, because general labels are just not making the money. Yeah. Well, the music industry is changing so fast and they got to keep up. Yeah. So, and, and it's, I think that's a good thing. It is a good thing. It's a great thing. Which is why guys like earlier that we played, Josh Carroll's, who is independent. Yeah. And he's, that's how he's making the money. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like, everybody deserves to be making a fair income for what they're doing. Well, listen, we got somebody else here. This is a band that you introduced me to, and I didn't know anything about them. How did I introduce you? I just said... You just said, what about Elam Hall? Yeah. And I said, Elam Hall? Who's Elam Hall? Well, these guys, uh, they lived about 45 minutes away from where I live, so I saw these guys all the time because they were playing constantly in small little towns and, and live at roller skating. Live at roller skating. That's right. I saw them many times. Now, Crumbacker, I could see was a roller skating band. These guys, I don't see, but they had they really had some artistic ability. They had they were unique. Yeah, they had some, they had a neat neat sound. Okay, you get to cue up this one. Okay, this is Elam Hall. Let it thrive.
There's a few artists that Aaron's passionate about. <laughs> now we've got one that I'm pretty passionate about. Five Iron Frenzy. Everybody that knows ska, loves ska. Anybody that listens to accordions, uh, trombones, and distortions, the ska show that comes on before The Antidote knows all about ska. Well, one of the big ones, Five Iron Frenzy, yeah, they reunited. And here's a song that is streaming online. So, okay, here's the lowdown. This week... Uh, or next week, I should be saying, next Wednesday at the Opera House in Toronto, Five Iron Frenzy is playing. And then the previous night to that, Tuesday night... At the Red Dog. At the Red Dog is... Lauren Mann and the Fairly Odd Folk. And how odd are they? Oh, they're odd, but they're fantastic. They're really great. Great show. This, which is sort of indie, folk, pop. Yeah, just, yeah. All it's that. a different mix. So, Into Your Veins from Five Iron Frenzy. This is streaming online right now. 
And then we're going to flip over to uh, Lauren Mann and the Fairly Odd Folk. And this is sort of an unusual track. It's sort of a, it's almost like a B-side called Traveler's Anthem. So here comes the pair of them.
to new frontiers and leave That goes out for a couple new listeners tonight, too, for Ron and Carol. Do you want to talk about our next song? Because you recognize the band, and I was so surprised, Darren, that you knew who this band was. One Bad Pig. I grew up on a pig farm, so <laughs> fantastic band. Really? So you feel With that the man in special, black. the special connection? I do, actually, yeah. These guys were bad. They were awesome. <laughs> They're great. It was an interesting band. They didn't even make up their own name until they were on their way to their first big festival they were playing at. Because I don't think they thought they were actually going to play. <laughs> no, probably, probably not. But it was an interesting band. This is a more than interesting song. A few weeks ago, we did a couple of shows on cover songs done by Christians. This is probably the ultimate cover song. I forgot completely about this. Yeah, they should have made that show. Okay, because who is it? It's One Bag Pig and... Johnny Cash. And Johnny the Cash. The Man in Black. And they're covering his own song. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So this is going to be a great one. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Well, you wonder why I always dress in black. Why you never see bright colors on my back. And why does my appearance seem to have a somber tone? There's a reason for the things that I have on. I wear the black and the poor and beaten down. Living in the homeless, hungry side of town. I wear it for the prisoner who is motivated for his crimes. But is there, cause he's a victim of the times. Well, I wear the black for those who never read. Or listen to the words that Jesus said About the road to happiness through love and charity Why you think he's talking straight to you and me Who we're doing mighty fine, I suppose And I drink a lot because of fancy clothes But just so we're reminded of the ones who are held back Up front, there ought to be a man in black I'm the man in black. Left them cold. Oh, well, the black and bald is 
the lies that could have been Each week with his 105 young men Well, there's things that never will be right, I know And things be changing everywhere you go But do we start to make a move to make a few things right? You'll never see me wear a suit of white Oh, I'd Once love I to wear a rainbow every day And tell the world that everything's okay But I'll, But I'll try, try to carry, carry off the little darkness, darkness on my back Till things are brighter I'm the man in black Yeah I'm the man The man in black The man in black. Because I care. Because I believe. I said I'm the man to pick the brighter. I'm the man in black. Who can ever imagine Johnny Cash and One Bad Pig? That's not a good representation of what they did. Some of their stuff actually was better than that. Yeah. But you always had to laugh. I think it was mostly just because of the name. And it was always One Bad Pig. It was you know, it was this pig dressed up in a cop outfit. Yeah. Yeah, they were pretty in your face. Yeah, they were, they were different. <laughs> For sure. We're not, we're not saying necessarily in a good way. No. So did you like all this rebellious stuff? Um, it wasn't rebellious at the time, you know, it was just, yep. it was, maybe it was, that I just didn't know it, but I, I loved it. I found my identity in it. I was, I related to them. The, the music made sense mm-hmm. to me because it was. So um, what about nowadays? You, I mean, you really don't listen to much, many Christian artists. Who do you like to listen to? Who's a favorite right now? I know you overdose on bands. Like you just I grab onto one. You and give you me an album. And you give me a name, and uh, yeah, I tend to listen to it too much. I like all music. I love all varieties. I'm a big fan of kind of trying to find something that pushes me, um, inspires me, moves me, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I I've been listening to a lot of Ellie Goulding right now. I'm loving her last album. It's great, but um, yeah, I, I have so much diversity. The new John Mayer album. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I'm just nodding and saying, okay. Yeah, you know, I listen to a lot of crazy stuff, and I, I love it all. So you really are a radical. Well, I guess someone might say that. I don't know that I say it about myself, but yeah, I'm not afraid to be unique. Listen to what pushes me, moves me, inspires me. Yeah. Isn't mainstream. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. I mean, because three-piece church Christianity says, well, you should be listening to this. Yeah. And it's like, you don't get into that. No, I left that in the 80s and never went back. Yep. I, you know. So you're willing to be stretched. 
Absolutely. I was always anti-disestablishment that way, you know, because, um, yeah, I just wasn't into that. It was, that was plastic. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I heard a Christian band that was singing about something that I could relate to, and uh, it blew my mind. It was a Lifesavers album. Lifesavers, it was the first yeah. love song I heard ever from a Christian band that didn't talk about Jesus being in the car or something. And it, <laughs> it blew my mind. It was like, wow, this is real life. I love it. Wow. Christians can sing about stuff besides Jesus? And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that sent me on a whole different tangent. That's what we try to do with this show, try to show a bit of the variety, some of the breadth There's that you can There's some great find. stuff out there, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If guys could, if people, bands could just sing about what inspires them, what moves them, as opposed to what sells uh-huh. you know, to a market. Because Christian music is a market. That's true. You don't even have to be in a, a Christian to make Christian music. You just got to, you know, put in the right number of JPMs. And I'd rather listen to, you know, people are singing about real life and what they're discovering and, you know, stuff like that, so... You're sounding like that South Park episode where <laughs> no. they decide they're going to make their own Christian rock band, and they're just going to take regular everyday songs, and any time it's about someone else, they say, you know, oh, how he loves his girlfriend, you know, I love you, Jane, and now instead of Jane, well, I just put in, I love you, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, it's pretty funny. We're going to have to air <laughs> Let's that Let's get together and watch that point. sometime. Let's do that. I've seen it. It's real. That's the next Parish movie night. It's pretty funny, but I can laugh because I can see, yeah, you know what? In the past, some of that was too true. Yeah. And that's a pretty unfortunate thing. Yeah. We've done a lot of retro tonight, so we're going we're gonna to bring it up current now. We're going to put on Quiet Science with the Dust Storm. Sort of an interesting band. They've actually gone into worship now. They've just done a, this is just in the last few months. This isn't one of the worship tracks, but here we go. The Dust Storm from Quiet Science. Picture frame 
Even with my own show, I mean, I was talking to a band just last night. We were talking about something, and I said, it's radio-friendly. And I had to explain to him, I said, that's that's like a curse word. I said, radio-friendly. If it's radio-friendly, I really, really don't want to hear it. <laughs> I want to hear, hear something that's really different, really off the wall, something radical, something that's going to, as you were talking about, something will move you. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Oh, we are just going all over the place here tonight. It's overtime. Wow. We are. We're into overtime we're into now. Overtime. We're going to close out the night here, but we still got a couple more things. We're going to play some hometown boys. Have you ever gone to see Thousand Foot Crutch? I've seen them a couple times. I knew Thousand Foot Crutch before they were Thousand Foot Crutch. You do? Because you've been involved with a lot of bands. Talk about your background that way. Uh, well, I, I was a youth worker um, uh, probably a decade or two ago, and we um, we put together a little little record label to help up and coming Christian bands, and um, helped some bands produce a couple albums, help them try and figure out a tour, 
because um, of my contacts with other youth groups and retreats and conferences. And uh, yeah, so we just and we had a, we had a little coffee house called Liquid Soul Cafe that just took off. It was phenomenal. We had, we had um, some bands call from Nashville and ask if they could play at Liquid Soul Cafe, which was this little coffee house in a church. But and you said, about send me your CD and we'll think about That's it. That's exactly it. Because, yeah, you know, we, we were picky at the time. But, uh, yeah, so we got to meet lots of bands. Peterborough is a great m- town for music. There's a great culture here. It's a hot There's a bed. lot of venues. It's fantastic. So a lot of great bands have come out of here. And um, it's, it's been amazing just helping bands, helping guys and girls just, you know, find that expression and give them a venue. That's what I like about Peterborough. And when I was involved in the church in early days in youth in youth work, it was about creating a venue for them too. And um, yeah, it was amazing. So that's how you first saw Thousand Foot Crash? That's how I first saw uh, Trevor McNeven was Oddball. And, uh, oh, wow. You are talking. We're yeah, taking us talking way, way back, back then. Yeah, and he, uh, yeah, he, he, he was something else. It was great. <laughs> Loved it. He's talented, really talented guy. Have you seen him in the last 10 years? I have. You have? That's good. Yeah. yeah. Because, man, that's a really, it's a, he does a dynamic show. Oh, man. Yeah, really polished. Phenomenal. Really yeah. well done. Yeah. He's, he's, he's done well and he's, um, and he's helped a lot of other bands along the way. Uh, generous guy, talented. You know, he reminds me a little bit like Steve Taylor. You could tell when Steve Taylor put his hands to um, a Newsboys album and they put out an album. It's yeah. phenomenal. I love that album. Steve Taylor yeah. was amazing. I think Trevor's the same way. He puts his hands to a couple, you know, other bands and helps them and, puts his touch to it and yeah it takes him from here to here you can't see that but my hand went up it did i saw it that too and i'm sure that everybody could here. see that that's right because yeah. that's pretty extreme that was quite a yeah you almost have to change the level of your voice i know you have Just to go so to a whole different octave. see it but it's true you can yeah which is great <laughs> but what about other artists you did some work with uh, hawk, uh, nelson. hawk nelson yeah we, we did some work with hawk nelson um back in the early days it was great they were uh they were swish at the time and um, then they, they got signed to Tooth & Nail Records. Yeah, moved down down south and, um, yeah, had done well. Worked with, um, uh, well, there was Milk, there was Star, there was Cherry Red. There was just tons of bands. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. But it Very isn't cool. just that. I mean, you physically were working with them. I mean, you were actually doing some of their design, what, some work. Of their design work. Yeah, well, yeah. I started a design studio, and one of the goals was to help uh, you know, bands better uh, image themselves because that's one of the things. You can have a great sounding album, but the artwork can suck. And um, I wanted to kind of help bands match the sound with some with, with an image that kind of sounded at least as good as, mm-hmm. or it, that looked at least as good as how they sounded, if not better. Yeah, loved working with bands. Worked with Electroshine, um, John Maxwell, and, mm-hmm. and the guys. And yeah, I've done a lot of work with a lot of local bands, not just Christian bands either. Um, yeah, yeah, you did Three Days Grace. I, I did some work for Adam for his uh, music publishing company. Okay. Yeah. But, and actually, I did some work for uh, Before the Curtain, which is uh, one of the bands signed to his record company. Um, and they're a local band. So, yeah, I've done, I've done a, a bit of work. And it's great. I love, I love dabbling in that whole industry. And so how inspiring. do you correlate the sound of the band with their physical packaging? What do you draw out of that to actually well, try to... Whenever I do, um, if I'm doing uh, layout work or photography with a band, I always ask them to, I want their demo. And I want to listen to it while I work on it. Because mm-hmm. um, then you kind of, it kind of puts me in a mood, kind of gives me a feel. And then I always start there. I never start with just, okay, I'll work on some mock-ups for you. I want to hear it first and spend some time with them and, and do a photo shoot. And something, something clicks, something jives, you know? So I did some work for Cold Harley. And, uh, 
they, there's a country band and the guys I think were in a metal band before they went country they amazing totally unique sound and I'm listening to this album thinking this is the guy's got an amazing voice so we I put together the artwork for their album and it was uh, it was a lot of fun yeah it's a challenge of being a graphic designer and it's kind of fun trying to find a, an image that matches a sound or at least portrays it wow. yeah, I enjoy it that would be a challenge for me <laughs> Crayons were always a real, you know, that was. That Let was me do the artwork for your album, Dave. I want to do the artwork for your album. <laughs> for my album. That's right. I got oh, an idea already. You, Just sit yeah, with you and I already have an idea. You've heard me sing at church, <clears throat> and I've mentioned other I people. I think it should be spoken word. Spoken I word. I think you could kind of do some Shatner type spoken word. Ooh, that could be good. It'd be awesome. Yeah, we could do I that. I love Shatner. I'm, I'm spinning him right now on my iPod. I totally love William Shatner. That's <laughs> okay. another show, though. That's another show. That's it. We're going to save that one. So what about right now? Well, Thousand Foot Crutch, they've been busy to a degree lately. Their ex-label decided that they should really have almost a Greatest Hits album. And when I asked Trevor McNeven about this, I said, Greatest Hits? I said, man, it makes you sound old. He says, well, we didn't really want to call it that. So he said, we're going to call it uh, Made in Canada, the 98 to 2010 collection. But they did include a new song, Personally, I think this was a cast-off. It's not the greatest song, but if you want to hear something new from Thousand Foot Crutch, and this just came out last week, listen in. Hey, Peter Burrell, this is Trevor with TFK, chilling out with Dave Hawkins on The Antidote. I'm tired of trying. I guess I'll walk instead of flying. These wings are broken from carrying my mind. I'm tired of lying. There's nothing I can do I need a searchlight To bring me back to you Send me a searchlight
And as we were speaking, hey, I think that was a cast off. What did you think? Yeah, definitely not. Uh, That's not certainly one of my favorites, but still. not quite up to caliber for no. them. No, because they do some good stuff. But you already knew about them. Because you know about everything, don't you? You, <laughs> no, you're, don't you really are a brilliant guy. Yeah. Well, no, you're just saying that. Well, yeah, it's just it's just so <laughs> you, you don't just, throw me out of church on Sunday that's morning. True. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I have to I have yeah. to toe the line here. That's right. Sure. Well, next week we're going to change up things a little bit on the antidote, where most music that you tend to hear from Christian artists doesn't really cover difficult or dark topics. But next week we will be doing that. We're going to be looking at a number of uh, these songs. And I'll be putting a parental advisory on that episode because some of the lyrics really are pretty graphic. There is even one track that, no, I'm not going to be airing because it was just a little bit too much for me. So you're going to have to tune in next Wednesday at 9 for The Antidote on Trent Radio 92.7 FM, CFFF Peterborough. Aaron, it's been too much fun. It's been great. Are we going to do this again? I hope so. Yeah, it only took us a year. (laughs) I know. (laughs) To get to this this one. (laughs) I know. So that means it's probably going to be, you know, it's probably going to be two years before the next one happens. Yeah, well, let's not make it so. Let's, we're going we're gonna to make it. I enjoyed this. It was great. We'll make it happen. We'll make something something go on to finish off the night. And we're way over time, but we're having some fun tonight. We got a new band featuring Mark Nix, formerly of Cool Hand Luke. For those of you who are Christian music aficionados will know that. And Robbie Williamson, formerly of Quiet Science, who you just heard. This is uh, Polyvalent with Andalusia. We're going to see you next week.